climb aboard, if you dare, for our new road trip through Scotland. Scenic and beautiful, but of course, looks can be deceiving. Join your hosts as they take you through some of the most terrifying places Scotland has to offer. If you'd feel safer, you're welcome to wait in the camper until we return. Just know it's had a history full of attracting some heinous, curious creatures, thus being its intended purpose, of course. Fleeing, however, would be ill-advised. Who knows what strange things you'll encounter out there. So far, far from home, where no one will hear you scream. Let us light a warm fire and begin our tale of horror. Your victims, I mean your listeners, have been warned. Shay. I'm Shay, and I'm here in our cryptid camper with Tom, and we'd like to thank you for being brave enough to join us for our fourth season of Scare Your Pants Off, our Scotland road trip. This is episode 13, and for our hunt, we've set up camp in Glencoe. How you doing, Tom? I am... Good. I'm very tired, but I am really good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm better. I I feel like I was where you might be now, not too long ago. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but other than that, I'm 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 feeling a lot better than I was. I'm sorry you're you're feeling sluggish though. Yeah, just just tired. A, a combination of just kind of being on the cusp of getting sick and then just uh, working a lot. So, but I'm good. I'll start waking up here and in. in as as we're talking um so so in podcast news we are uh we have this episode and three more to follow and then we are at our hundredth episode excuse me uh for everybody listening we are planning on kind of giving you all a a little bit of a deeper look at your host and your social media guru well i guess our social media guru but your social media presence um Mm -hmm. We're going to kind of hang out and, and just chat and talk and, and you guys will learn a little bit about us and uh, if you want to, and if you don't, then yeah, but um, <laughs> I understand. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I, I literally can't believe we are like four episodes from a hundred episodes. I know it's, um, it's crazy. It just, it's like. Like we, I know we talked about a little bit, but that's like two full, almost two full years straight shows. Um, and you know, at times it, it it's felt long, but really, when I think about it, it went by in a blink. It's just like I can't believe we started what towards the end of 2020. COVID was happening, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, and now we're now we're at a hundred. Yeah, because when we had started this show. You and I hadn't even hung out in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Like, where I was just I like, do. it was funny because, like, uh, the first, we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to hang out for the first time in person. Um, <laughs> so. It was the weirdest thing because, like, it's, it should be, there should have been an anxiety of meeting someone for the first time for me that there usually is, but there wasn't because I had known Tom now for, for at that, by the time we did meet because of all the COVID stuff. I had known Tom for over a year, so it didn't feel weird. It just like we were like, "Oh, hey, 
all right, well, let's, we're going to hang up. And, th- and that was it. It was, it was just normal. <laughs> there was. It, it was very bizarre and weird. It, you know, t- the times we're in now with this technology and stuff, because, yeah, it, did, it wasn't weird at all the first time. Because, like you said, it had been over a year. It was like, because during that time, it's like I almost forgot that we had never hung out in real life because we were seeing each other so often on the computer and it's just yeah and that was the reality of that of that year and a half was just like you didn't really leave the house and you talked to everybody online or from a distance so very bizarre to think now we're a hundred episodes crazy it's uh it's been fun it's been a lot of fun and you know these guys are our audience is great I love it. Yeah, no, it's been very, very good. So, have you have you done anything? Have you watched anything? What have you been up to? I haven't done too much, just because, I, like I said, I work a lot. I mean, I do. I mean, I go out on Saturday nights, usually with friends or something. But uh, as far as watching, God, I've been trying to think of it because my my mind is like a blank. You know, what I did watch though that I do remember, Mister that Mister and Mrs. Smith. Uh, series on Prime. I saw okay. that. Is it good? It's okay. It, it, it's you know it, it's um I I liked the movie uh, back in the day and uh, this it's got Donald Glover and uh, I think it's Maya Erskine and it, it's pretty good you know it, it's nothing nothing too crazy i think they'll have a uh depending on how well it does they, they kind of made it like there'll be a second season um definitely worth worth a check out if you're you know you're looking for something to watch and then oh obviously i'm watching uh true detective god i love that show it's so good this season so good so good did and you then, know that they are airing the next episode so we're recording this right before the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. They're yeah. actually airing the next episode tonight. <laughs> oh, it is tonight. Okay, because I remember I, I I read an article and then it was it, it had said uh, there wouldn't be an episode this week, but this was like last like last week or a week ago. And then I thought I saw something where it was going to be Friday, so I wasn't sure if it was yesterday or not. But okay, I'm, gl- I'm glad you told me that it's tonight because God, it just so good this uh, season uh, i mean all seasons are really good but this season just right up my alley um what about you you watch anything good so i'm um, i'm you're you're current on true detective right yeah yeah and obviously not tonight's episode whatever but yeah i'm current yeah so. it is that it that is for me right now currently that is the show to beat because yes. i i can't i think about it when i'm not watching it i'm thinking about it and I and I just can't leave. Jeez, Jodie Foster is so friggin' awesome. I hate her. I hate her in the show. Oh. I hate her. She's just a, she's just a scumbag. Yeah. I mean, she's not. She's just, but she's really shitty to that to that deputy kid or not deputy, but the the younger kid. She's just shitty to him. Yeah. And because her life sucks, his life has to suck. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, the last episode, I think I had my first bit of sympathy for that kid's dad. And I probably won't ever have yeah. more sympathy for him because he's a he's a dick. But yeah. um, it's I the video, and now going. I can't wait for them to find that cave. And I'm yeah. I'm so 
it has to be paranormal. This is, it's, and I know that's stupid, but it, it, it has to be. If it's not, I might be a little disappointed. But yeah, mm, yeah, it feels pretty damn paranormal to me. And me too. And, and, and they, so they do a really good job of walking that line where it feels very paranormal, but then you'll see a, a few little things that's like real life. I really hope that it's, yeah, like you said, it's a paranormal in nature because that was the one big complaint, I guess, from first season from articles I've read was that like the completely human explanation towards the end even though it made sense everything sort of made sense well it made sense on the first season that's where people were uh upset that you know the paranormal uh that it was completely like human not paranormal so um but yeah i i i agree i hope in some way or another and i just i love all the easter eggs that tie back with you know travis and then the tuttle group yeah. which was the same group in the first season that was doing this the trafficking of or behind some of the trafficking and it just uh yeah. oh god such a good show such a good it, show. it really is um i started paranoid but i think i'm only like two or three episodes in and <laughs> that is really good. I know you recommended that, so okay. Um, yes, okay. I thought I thought it was that one. Yep. Okay. Then you know what I started watching, and I don't know why I didn't watch it like the first time around, like the, when it was on, because it. And I don't know why it didn't interest me. It should have, because it's right up my alley. Uh, Mad Men. Okay, so Mad Men. When it first came around, like I, I think I got into it like. a after it had been around a season or two, I kind of jumped in and I was, I watched through the first, I think three seasons. And then I, I kind of fell off after that. Um, so you're liking it? I am. I think I'm still in the first season. I think I'm close to the end of the first season, but <clears throat> I'm still in the first season, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, uh, the whole, there's a, there's, and again, I didn't watch it initially, so I don't, I don't really know anything. But there's this whole mystery with the main guy, uh, Donald Don Draper. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Don Draper. Um, yeah. There's like a whole mystery, and I'm sitting here, and it's not. If listen, if you guys haven't watched Mad Men, fast forward like 15 seconds or something like that, because I'm I'm gonna maybe spoil if I'm right. I have no idea. Um, I I feel like so his brother just came into play, but. You're, I'm finding out that he has a he has a different name. Like he's he's run into people now that see that know he is know him as someone else. And then I'm finding this like obviously there's military background. They're calling him a different name. He is very secretive about his past life, oh, last life, oh, well, past life or whatever his past. Mm -hmm. And um, it's feeling very. I I feel like. So his brother thought he was dead. I feel like he stole an actual dead soldier's identity, maybe. Or just a dead guy's identity. I don't even know. But it feels, he's obviously stolen an identity because he's not who he says he is. And he's really weird about, like, everything. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Right now, like, that's intriguing to me. But there's a lot of a lot of smoking on the show. And generally, I'm okay. Like, I can be around people smoking. It doesn't bother me. I'm six years now. I haven't smoked. But this show just a little bit <laughs> makes me go hmm, maybe it would be nice but <laughs> i won't but i mean it's, 
it, there's a lot of it in the show in the first yeah. season because they're talking about like the advertising for it and stuff like that and it's crazy to see how i mean obviously it's, it's exaggerated but just the way they treat women and stuff it's like and you know it was like that i mean oh, obviously yeah. again it's dramatized but it's it's uh it's questionable but <laughs> i yeah. don't know it's fun it's a good it's a good watch so far though yeah, that I, I when I was watching it, I, it's like a nostalgia watch. I, you, you're right on the smoking; it, it, it's excessive the smoking. But it does it kind of, it, at the time. You know what I mean? I believe you know in like the 30s, 40s, and 50s, it it, it was right around 50 50 percent of the population smoked. Like everybody smoked and and chain smoked and. Um, but yeah, they and within the show because they basically, you know, advertising for cigarette brands like Lucky and everything like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like Don Draper just always smoking. I believe it's actually always. a story storyline later that he quits um, in one of the seasons. So it seems like right now he's trying to cut back, <clears throat> um, but I feel like. I feel like there's a health thing going on with his wife. Right now, they're treating it with therapy because they think it might be, um, like, like mental. But it's I, I feel like it might not be. I feel like there's something health-wise possibly related to cigarettes going on with her. Again, I could be wrong. I have no idea. But um, you, you know who I, I, you know his daughter. I don't know if you noticed. You ever watched the, the Netflix Sabrina? Thing? Yes, Kern and Shipka. That's his daughter. I did, I'm sitting here looking, I'm like, why does she look familiar? And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, it's an older show, and, and I'm looking at her, and then she did this smile, and it, and it and it hit me, because she's still, obviously, being years older than that show. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I saw it, I was like, oh, that's Sabrina. It's, it, she's an adorable kid. She was great in it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that was one of her first like sort of big breakout roles was was Mad Men. Um, yeah, she I I enjoy her. She's um, I think she's pretty good in everything that I've seen her in and stuff. She's she's good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and uh, give that a watch at some point because, <laughs> like I said, I think I, 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 around three or four is when I kind of fell off and then just never got back to it. So. Alright, well, anything else you want to talk about before we jump in? Uh, I think I'm good. Alright, well you have our creature for the week. distant screams of terror. I'm sure they're just our hands, creature, or cryptid. You should be safe right here. 
I do. So our, uh, this is, I mean, I know I say this all the time. This was a fun one, but uh, this week I'm doing the Shelly Co. And funny enough about this cryptid, it's a water cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, so understand everybody that we, we blind drew the things that we were going to do. I'm, I could be wrong. I'm a little suspect that Tom maybe did a little prior research because he's really had almost all of the water cryptids. I know I've had some, but he's, I think he's had the majority of quote unquote accidentally had the water cryptids, but I digress. Oh God. Yeah. As I'm researching it, I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. But, uh. <laughs> it's not your standard water cryptid. It's not a sea serpent. It's not a, like a Nessie, a Chessie. It's it's different. Um, it's actually a type of boogeyman. And this, t yeah, I, I thought that was cool because I don't think we've talked about a boogeyman really. No. And um, and it, but this particular boogeyman haunts rivers. Uh, streams, locks, and uh, of Northern England, Scotland, particularly likes the River Hermitage, and uh, shares many traits and characteristics of Bragg's, Kelpies, and Nicks. Most uh, People, uh, cryptozoologists actually classify this as a brownie, which I discussed in episode one of this season. But, uh, so precise physical descriptions are kind of hard to come by for this curious creature. The best description I could find, and I'm talking about physical description here, is actually from a book titled Deutsch mythology by Jacob Grimm. Does that name sound familiar to you, Jacob Grimm? Uh, is, I'm a, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it could be one of the Grimm brothers, I'm assuming. It is, yeah. So, Very this cool. is, yeah, I thought that was cool. It ties right in. This, I, I believe he wrote this on his own, um, but yes, he is one of the famous Grimm brothers in their very dark fairy tales. And in this book, he describes it as goblin, dwarfish, and humanoid, and is always seen wearing a bell coat made of seashells, hence the name Shelly Coat. You know, uh, a bell coat refers to a coat worn by fools and jesters that is festooned with bells and it announces their presence. That's why you always know when they're around, when, uh, like a, uh, a jester or a fool or something like that, because they have these bells and all these things hanging off, and they rattle and jingle as they enter rooms and stuff. But, like I said, the Shelly Coat's bell coat was made of seashells, and it said that you could hear the seashells rattling long before you ever see it. And at times, 
the, the rattling and the chattering of the seashells can sound sort of musical to uh, people who encounter a shelly coat. Uh, they are also said to be mischievous or tricksters, but not in a completely malicious way, like sort of like the puckwudgie where it's trying to, you know, lure you into to your demise a lot of times and it tricks you yeah. walk off a cliff or come into the woods, stuff like that. He's this this mischievous trickster is not trying to kill you. More it's more almost like he's amusing himself. Um, and one of his uh, favorite pranks is where the okay, the she one of his favorite pangs is where the <laughs> Shelly coat will uh, cry out from help, cry out for help from the river, you know, screaming help, help, and when it senses or knows somebody's near, so then that person goes to observe, you know, what goes down the river looking for the source of the screaming help, help. And when they get to the location of where it should have been, where the voice was coming from, they hear laughing coming back from where they had just come, just giggling somebody dying of laughter. And it's just usually, it's the Shelly Kelp just having amused itself. <laughs> so like, I kind of I kind of love that, that it's, it does pranks for itself. <laughs> um, what else? Not much more here, actually. It's, uh... Yeah. That's that's about it for this elusive creature. I, I really liked it. It's a short one, but I thought it was a pretty fun one. And, uh, I really like that about the Shelly... <laughs> Shelly Coat that it pulls pranks. It's, a prankster crypt is always fun. It's... Because, because it's nice that it's, like, maybe, like, mildly malicious, because... Yeah, I... but it's but it's like in a sweet way. If <laughs> just wants to fuck with you a little, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> I like it. It was that was a good one. I love the I love 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 the premise of the boogeyman. I love the premise of a boogeyman. It's like it, it's I mean Michael Myers is mm -hmm. a boogeyman. It's and I something it it just the thought of it just inspires such like a, a deep seated like like a chill and it's and again i know this cryptid obviously was not like the scariest one it's not but you, you say the boogeyman and i'm and i'm immediately like i'm on edge and i'm like okay this is why what is happening um so that is really cool i like that it's a goblin and immediately when you go goblin and i know um that you're not a harry potter fan and that's fine um but for all of our listeners who are Harry Potter fans, because they have a soul, um, <laughs> sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, I I can't hear Goblin and not think Harry Potter. So like I'm immediately picturing a Goblin <laughs> from like Gringotts or something in Harry Potter. So that's where my mind immediately goes. <laughs> the thoughts of bells being on these creatures to keep track of them is really is, is kind of neat. Cause like you think of like um, like you put a bell on a cat so you know it's coming. You put 
bells on cows so you know where they are you know it, it's you do different things like that but the thought of so like i <laughs> yeah yeah this thing is wearing bells <clears throat> bells it's wearing shells well, Oh, shells! Oh! Jelly coat. It's seashells. So, I talked about the bell coat. That's what the jesters and fools would wear when they... and So, you knew that they were coming. Oh, and and okay. then, this it, 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 this creature, we're, it's bell, it wears a bell coat, but its bell coat is made of shells. So, seashells. Okay. But they still rattle, so you know it's coming and stuff. So. Okay. So a little different than uh, that's different than obviously I heard that wrong. Um, but still, imagine hearing, imagine hearing that sound now. Like it's in the middle of the night. You're just kind of trying to chill or like whatever. Or you're just anywhere you are. You imagine hearing that and you're like, what's going on? Now, you talked about um, the baby, the sound of help me, you know, like the the crying for help. We had. I, I think it was still when we were on the American road trip, but didn't we have another cryptid here that did something similar? Um, it would it would cry for help and then it would like drown the people that went to help it. Now that you're saying that, I can totally. Oh, what was that? Now, because there was definitely something there because I now yeah. I I hadn't thought of that, but now, as soon as you started talking, I was like, oh yeah, I think I know where she's going. So there was something. Oh, I'm gonna have to I go can't back remember. notes and stuff from the first because I believe it was the first season. I mean, it could have been season three as well, yeah. right? But um, it might have. Oh, I that? feel like it was it. They they occurred because it was there were native mothers who drowned the babies, not to be cruel, but to save them from starvation and. And whatever other horrible things could potentially have happened to them, but that instead of dying, they grew gills. And I, I'm either <laughs> I'm glad I'm not imagining it. I'm glad you're kind of remembering this. I'm like I don't yeah. know, but I, I feel like it was, yeah. I, it, but that that kind of popped into my head when you were talking about that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find that now at some point, not right now at this point moment, but. Ugh. Um. But no, that was that was a that was a good one. I'm glad. I'm feeling glad you got another water cryptid. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just as you were saying, the boogeyman <laughs> too from earlier. Like I remember, yeah, as a kid being so terrified of the boogeyman. That was like, you know, you were afraid of, you know, Freddy Krueger, Jason, but just the boogeyman because it was yeah. just could have been so many things. I just I mean terrified of boogeyman when I was a child. So yeah. Nope. Oh. It's always a good one. Um, Alright. Well, do you have anything else on your shelly coat? I do not. Alright. Well, I have the hunt for the week. Ah, you're still here. Step on in for those terrifying haunted tales. I'm sure there's nothing to really be afraid of. So again, when we when we drew these, we went a little bit. We tried something a little bit different this season. 
Um, we kind of blindly, uh, supposedly blindly drew, but again, I think Tom <laughs> a lot of but we, for the most part, blindly drew what we were going to be doing. And I picked this place called Glencoe. And I knew nothing about it, really. Um, however, I'm so glad I picked it. Uh, Glencoe is a place that on the 13th of February in 1692 at 5 a.m. in the morning. I don't know why I said 5 a.m. in the morning. Obviously, 5 a.m. is the morning. Um, <laughs> there was... A massacre. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about the event. Uh, There was an order set in place for the Scottish army to kill all men under the age of 70 whom resided at Glencoe. So all men under the age of 70. And that's horrible. That's horrific. The Secretary of the State at the time had other plans, though, and he felt that the order should be changed to kill all under the age of 70. Not just men, but men, women, and children. Jesus. Um, and to pay special attention <clears throat> sorry, to those of the McDonald clan. Now, though some had tried... To warn these people, uh, 38 were killed and nearly another 40 died from exposure after fleeing. So this happened in February, it's cold, and the people that fled, a lot of them froze to death. Um, many of the attackers, and this is what this is what's really like screwed up about the whole thing, uh, Glencoe, the people of Glencoe, the, the people who lived in Glencoe, took in, they were, um, they were hosting, I think they would call it, uh, numerous soldiers at the time because they were they, for space reasons, I guess. But they were hosting a bunch of soldiers at the time. Now, those soldiers that were being hosted in the homes of these people are um, at least some of the ones that were responsible for the massacre. Yeah. So oh, now. Uh, given the time of the attack, uh, many many of the victims were caught while getting ready for their day. Uh, some were eating, some were dressing, bathing even, um, according to rumor. I don't know how much of that is true. Obviously, it's it's there weren't a lot of people that survived. Um, now, many women in this process, before they were killed, were raped. Uh, some say that possibly even the younger girls, but I don't know about that. Obviously, I apologize for bringing that up. Um, but now, today, nothing seemingly remains of the homes but the energies that this horrific event left behind. It is believed that there was a woman who was thought to be a witch, and we all know how that goes. Uh, but she had visions and predicted the massacre and actually tried to warn them. And in some cases, some of the things I read is she was banished from Glencoe for, um, you know, telling such horrible things. And then other things is some of the people that fled, fled with her because they believed her. So whichever's true, I don't know. Uh, she supposedly... Uh, after the massacre, because she did survive, from what I understand. 
Uh, she supposedly took um, McLean's broadsword. Now he's one of the bigger people in the massacre. And she threw it into the lock and said, and I quote, as long as this sword lays undisturbed by man, no man from this glen will die by the sword again. Around World War II, however, it was pulled up by a fisherman. Like, it seems like just the, the base of the sword uh, was pulled up by a fisherman. And weeks later, the Battle of the Somme claimed thousands. So... Was she right? Seems like she might have been. <clears throat> now, we're going to jump into the haunt a little bit. Well, not a little bit. We're going to jump right into the haunt. Uh, on the anniversary, the apparitions of fleeing, hiding, and fighting clansmen can be seen in the early morning mist. So again, this happened at 5 a.m. People say you can always feel the depth and the heaviness, but that on that day, it's almost like... The, that it's almost like Glencoe comes alive just to be brutally massacred again. And that's horrific to think that something might be reliving something like that. So the claims are, like I said, on the anniversary in the mist, and it's very similar to the Battle of Culloden, uh, which is a, a really kind of cool image in your head. A sad image, but a cool image. But it seems that on the anniversary... In the mist, especially, you can almost see like the apparitions and the shadows of what looks like people fleeing and running and hiding and fighting. Uh, but that when approached, that it would be gone. So um, I don't know. It's I I almost feel like I think about it as like, like an impressionistic painting, and when you're really close to it, it just looks like a bunch of static, a bunch of you know blotchy colors or whatever. But then you pull back, there's something quite fantastic usually but uh that's that's what i have for glencoe wow that was a cool one i was taking a lot of right? notes uh, hey, i was um so for what year was it again uh it was 1692 1692 okay so first of all killing all the men under 70 then changing it to all the people under 70 in 1692 70 was like really old so that's like so you're killing everybody um yeah and just I, it just makes me think of just how violent of a species we are like just where it's like okay we're just gonna we're just gonna mask our town like this mm -hmm. we need to get rid of this whole town now at present we just need to get rid of the men but now now it's just everybody we just yeah we don't want them anymore and it's just it's it just wild to me, um, just how violent we were. And I mean, we're still very violent. I mean, don't get me wrong, oh, yeah. obviously, you see the news and everything, but just how violent we were in the past, it just always uh, boggles my mind. Um, so, obviously, you talk about the energy left behind, which, yeah, a place like this with that much despair, there's going to be a lot, a lot of negative energy here. I, I mean, just to massacre. Um, you know, 5 a.m. I guess if you're going to do a massacre, they kind of did it right by doing it early in the morning <laughs> while people are getting ready. You know, it's, it makes yeah. a little more sense. They're a little unaware, probably tired, you know, just having, you know, getting up for the day. Um, the witch, I love that, just the whole thing and that she pre predicted it. And, um, you know, and then, you know, 
comes back, throws the uh, McLean sword into the lock. Um, I just love that story, that sort of mythology stories like that. And it is pretty weird that, you know, it gets pulled uh, pulled out in World War II and then there's a battle, you know, uh, 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 right there or whatever. Very strange. Um, just uh, again, like you were discussing, the 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 mental picture I'm getting of the apparitions in the mist is just really really cool. Like it would make yeah. like I, I I would make a really cool scene like in a movie or something like that. Like I can just I can totally picture it, and it's just uh, yeah, that's really really cool cool visual. Um, yeah, this is just a that was just a. a a really cool one very wild um we've covered a lot of like a lot of massacres <laughs> in yeah. scotland yep. uh, a lot of them between the battle of culloden which i know we call it a battle but that shit was a massacre on both sides when 1500 to 2000 people die in an hour that's a fucking yeah. massacre i don't care what you say um i agree uh, that was great it had a little bit of everything you know you got your ghosts you got witches you got that's uh that was a really cool one. Love it. Thank you very much. Um, well, have, have you got anything else on Glenpow? I do not. Well, and you have our Encounter Beyond Strange this week. survived just long enough for our encounter beyond strange I do and I I gotta say I think this is my favorite one so far this season it was it was fun um first it was I was like oh not finding a lot and it, it was actually my fault i you know i i didn't do uh put enough words in the search and then when i revised my search uh, a ton popped up and it was just it, it this one's fun so uh i'm talking about the a70 uh incident it's called uh which occurred it's a little bit south of edinburgh on the night of August 27, 1992, shortly after 11.30 p.m., ambulance technician Gary Wood and his friend Colin Wright were traveling between Edinburgh and Tarabax on A70 when they had a terrifying encounter of high strangeness. As they passed the Harperig Reservoir on their way to drop off a satellite system to their friend, they claim that they encountered a two-tiered disc-shaped, disc-shaped, disc-shaped. <laughs> That's a callback. His, I think it was first season. I said it. it, it came first out. episode, first season, actually, like literally and, the first episode. And it sounded <laughs> like I favorites. said, dick. <laughs> it's shaped it, it definitely i actually just re-listened to that episode not long ago and it definitely is like sounds like dick dick shape <laughs> it really does i'm glad you see it because it's not i was like mm, what'd you say <laughs> okay. 
So it's a disc-shaped UFO that was larger than the width of the road. Both men adamantly claim that it was that it was not an airplane or helicopter. The terrified yet awestruck men added that the object was smooth, black, and shiny, and had no windows. Apparently, the pair blacked out during their ordeal, but eventually arrived at their friend's house. But was what was unsettling was the fact that it took them over two hours. The trip should have taken no longer than 30 minutes, even with heavy traffic. When Gary awoke the next morning, he felt achy and fatigued and claims he could not get out of bed due to his body feeling heavy. He also began to suffer from terrible nightmares. But the missing time is what bothered both men the most. Well, that and that the fact that none of their friends seemed to believe their story. But they stayed adamant that something strange happened. This frustration led them to reach out to famed UFO investigator enthusiast, or whatever you want to call him, Malcolm Robinson, the creator of SPI, Strange Phenomena Investigations. And I've, I've mentioned him in other, um, uh, other episodes as well. He's very famous within the UFO alien uh, community. So, Malcolm had spent much of his career trying trying to disprove strange happenings like UFOs and poltergeists, but ended up becoming more embroiled in the subjects as many encounters seemed to demand serious investigations. He kind of got into it and he didn't really, he wasn't really serious at first. He just thought he was going to debunk all these loons that, you know, that claimed to be abducted. After Gary contacted him and explained the 870 incident, Malcolm knew he had to look into it further. The story was nothing like anything he had previously encountered. And this led both uh, Gary and Colin to undertaking hypnotic regression in order to get at their subconscious and possibly repressed memories. And I know this is very controversial, guys. I know, you know, there's people that just don't like it, and there's other people that say, no, it's absolutely valid. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think, you know, because they have proven that, you know, psychiatrists can lead, uh, or hypnotherapists can lead people in a direction if they, you know, if they're not careful. So I, I do understand that. Um, but the men, in two separate sessions from each other, recalled almost identical scenarios, which is extremely strange. <clears throat> the men claimed that their car had been hit by a very bright light, and then they were approached by six humanoid figures. They were then placed on a stretcher that seemed to hover above the ground. They then received some electrical shocks and began to violently convulse. 
During Colin's session, he remembered that the craft he remembered the craft being circular and he was led to a chair where he was stripped naked and underwent strange physical examinations. He said then he was imprisoned in a glass container where a device that had a tri oh a take that over. He said then he was imprisoned in a glass container with a device that had a triangular head and two red lights, rose from the floor and scanned him. Colin also recalled his right eye being examined as a red-hot poker pain was felt in the center of his eye. He ended his session by describing the aliens as deformed and extremely ugly. Um, from Gary's session, he says he remembered a buzzing feeling sound around him and a black lens that examined his body. He also said that there were 20 to 30 creatures within the spacecraft and these creatures or beings had what looked like Native American markings below their eyes. Um, so it was six when they were approached by outside, but then another 20 to 30 within the ship, according to Garrett. But what seemed to scare them the most was the use of the word sanctuary that one of the creatures kept repeating to them. Gary added that one of the creatures' beings had said to them that humans were more advanced than them in many ways. Not all, but in many ways. But their potential had been capped. Hmm. When the duo returned to their car and awoke from the terrifying experience, they found items from their car strewn across the ground outside the parked car. They also claim to have a strange white crystallization or crystal-like substance on their car for weeks after the event. Um, there's not much more here, but according to Malcolm Robinson, who I mentioned earlier, the UFO investigator, this is one of the strangest yet most believable alien encounters he had ever investigated and the men have never wavered on their story. Moreover, once classified documents were released by the British government in 2012 and revealed that the Ministry of Defense had taken this abduction encounter so seriously that they not only investigate it, but filed an official report on it. Um, well, that's about it for this one. I really love this one because it had everything you want from a strange encounter. I mean, you just, you had, you get up, aliens, abductions, sightings, it just had everything. Um, one thing I'll just add at the end, because I did see this in like one or two resources that I, 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 not 100%, I can't verify. If our fans out there can uh, verify, uh, please write in and let us know. But it's a couple resources said that it was actually the first fully documented alien abduction in Scotland. So, 
And that is it. So, that, I, I fixed some notes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's, so, again, I appreciate the, um, the, the extreme pronunciation of disc-shaped mm-hmm. object. That is funny. Nice little throwback there. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I, I reiterate that I am very glad that you have listened to the first episode again, and you also agree that you said dick-shaped objects. Because that is undoubtedly in my mind what you said. <clears throat> now, you talked about them, uh, the people that were adopt- abducted, there we go, uh, being kept in almost like a glass case. I heard that correct, right? Yeah, like one, of them, were... one of them described, yeah, being put into like a triangular glass case or something, yeah. So... In, in just kind of like stepping back and like listening and looking at that claim and thinking about it, do you realize as a whole, maybe not as a whole, but at least as a partial whole, I don't know, um, how butthurt some humans get when that is done to them? Yet, yet, um, what, what do we do? We, I mean, we might not stick them in like a super technological you know, as something as technological looking as, as whatever they were stuck in, but uh, that's what we do, except except uh, a lot of times we kill it yeah. beforehand because it's easier to examine things, apparently, when they're dead. So, I mean, <clears throat> I think I think we should be thankful to the aliens for not having the same motto that we have of let's kill it and then we'll find out about it. I agree um, 100%. <laughs> I love floating stretchers. I don't know why. I it's, it's very sci-fi movie to me. Obviously, yep. there's a reason for that. So it's kind of cool. Time loss intrigues the crap out of me, and I, I don't know why. There's just something about it. Like why? Why is that happening? Why? Where did the? <clears throat> where did the? However many hours go? Where did the week? Well, however long it was. Like where does that time? How do you not? I don't know. It, and it's and it's cool when it's more than one person. Yeah. I just don't understand it. I can't wrap my brain around why it's happening, but it's super intriguing. No, hypnotic regression. I feel like I'm in the same place as you. I feel like, I feel like in some cases it probably works, and in some cases it probably doesn't. It's a scary thought, though. Like your your brain is made to protect you from things. Your brain collectively protects you from. Mm-hmm things that happen so you can cope with them. So when we go and we're trying to pry open that door, there's a reason that door was shut. And I, I know it's maybe in some cases better for other people to know that stuff, but the person it happened to probably shouldn't. It, it's There's a reason that it, it's shut out. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that because, yeah, like I said, we know there's problems with it, but just taking so in a situation where it's real, yeah, you're you're you're, you're hum- the human body does things for purposes, and you're trying to almost override that. It might not be a good thing. So now, I also like the fact that it, so this is in August of 1992. I like that someone was told that we're advanced in some ways, but we're capped. And I I think that's really cool. And it almost, 
if now looking at it, and I and I googled it just to make sure. The World Wide Web became available to the broader public on April 30th of 1993. So it's it's kind of cool to think. And once that happened, that it 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 just it exploded. Mm -hmm. It is everything has just become so much bigger. So it's kind of cool to think. Is that a coincidence? Is that like they told us we were captured? Someone maybe. get some information i I don't know it's kind of cool to see it it was really only a couple months later that all of a sudden we took one stride that just exploded technology it exploded everything that we know now we have computers in our freaking back pockets entire computers in our back pockets it was crazy that's a really good point i didn't really put that together i really like that oh that yeah because yeah like like you said a few months later and, and yeah, the the internet now. I mean, we see it now. Like the technological man, advancements happen like hourly now, just because of the internet and stuff. And that's uh, I didn't really put that together. I love that. That's what a great connection. No, it's it's really cool to think about. But uh, no, um, that was a that was a fun one. That was really cool. There was a lot of stuff, a little bit of everything, really, and it it was so very good. Yeah, that's what I, oh, loved I love about it. I love double decker too. I don't know why. I I don't I don't know why like a multi layered. Yeah, I don't know. You don't hear about that very much. No. In a, in a yeah two tiered one. Yeah, the, like you said, this had everything in it. I really loved it because it's just like like we, we you guys who heard listen to this who have listened to the season know that you know sometimes these strange encounters can be a bit of a struggle you getting a lot of info on it and then this one once i was finding it, it's got everything it's got the sighting it's got the the abduction the alien it just it was um definitely so far this season and my my favorite of the season so a lot of fun doing that one mm-hmm. very good all right. right well have you got anything else on your a70 incident i do not All right, guys, thanks for joining us, and we're so glad you made it out alive. Be sure to come back next week when our hunt brings us to the Overtown Bridge. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you for joining us. Come back next week if you're brave. For those looking to take it one step further, be sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our terrifying new website too, sypopodcast.com. And spread the word. Tune in on all major platforms.